Hey everybody, welcome back to the fifth episode of the Spotted 2 Wide Banana College Football Podcast featuring myself, Gabe Hooven, and my best friend, Patrick O'Donnell. Uh, say hi to everybody, Patrick, you know the usual. Hi everybody. And uh, this week's actually a huge week, um, not, you know, for the previous week, but uh, going into next week. Um, this has to be the biggest weekend in college football and uh, probably one of the biggest weeks in recent history. I mean, last year we didn't have a week as big as this one. And uh, the amount of games that we have coming up. And um, it'll definitely set us up for next week, too. So, um, yeah. I mean, this week is loaded with games that, honestly, I know I've, I've said this, like, repeated myself and constantly uh, gone back and forth on this. But um, this, this week can truly shape up conference standings, the playoff. And uh, today, we, uh, we actually got tonight, uh, I think it was about 8 o'clock Eastern time, uh, we got our first college football playoff rankings, which is um, something I've been talking about. I wasn't sure when they came out, but um, definitely sparks a little bit more into our call, our, our podcast, which uh, I'm so excited to talk about it, man. Get to you know go on a tangent about the rankings. So, yeah, and <clears throat> uh, the uh, rankings came out at nine tonight, actually. And I, after the Florida basketball game, I hopped on that immediately, and that was it the results and like the rankings and stuff were really shocking to me. Uh, the AP poll and the playoff rankings are actually very different. Um, once you look, once you actually like look into it, but, uh, yeah, I'm ready to roll. This is going to be a huge week and this episode is going to be dope because like, there's just so much to talk about from this past week and so many big games from last week. And this week 11 slate is just out of its head. So, I mean, I'm ready to roll, man. So, coming in at number one, it is going to change the game. And some I know we've talked about in our rankings, we've, you know, put them at number one, is the Ohio State Buckeyes. And um, this is just simply because they are the most complete team at the moment. Uh, defensively, they're the number one defense in the nation. Uh, number one scoring defense, number one defense in terms of yardage. And um, overall, on third down, fourth down, et cetera. So this team is complete on, on the opposite side of the ball. They had the best defensive player in the game of college football, I think, right now. Um, he's just he's a force to be reckoned with. And, um, yeah, and offensively, uh, their defense, you know, does their job. And right now, uh, their quarterback's playing the best. Justin Fields is playing fan, phenomenal. And uh, J.K. Dobbins is, you know, doing his thing. He's, he's one of the top three running backs in the nation right now. So with that said, this team is just – I don't see any team that can beat them right now the way they've played. Uh, obviously LSU, Alabama, Penn State, but uh, the way that they've played against you know Wisconsin, the way that defense has played, I think that they're the complete best team right now in college football, and I, I don't agree, uh, disagree with the playoffs decision to put them in number one. Yeah, I mean, we both agreed that Ohio State was the most complete team. What I was really interested to see, because, I mean, no-brainer, LSU is number two, and we haven't really gotten into that yet, but the, the the comparison between the two teams is that Ohio State passes the eye test where LSU has those bigger wins. Obviously, the most de deserving team in college football to be number one is LSU uh, by their record, their strength of record. However, Ohio State is just that good. They have they have athletes everywhere you look. Um, it's Their team is just very good. They're very well coached. And, I mean, yeah, LSU has probably the best wins in college football. But if you stack LSU and Ohio State up, the most complete team, the better team in, at every single position on the field is Ohio State. And I'm totally cool with these rankings. And 
it's a very interesting list, and this is just one that is an eye-opener for a lot of people. So, with that said, coming in at number two is the Louisiana State University Tigers. And um, I can see how they're favored or, or they're ranked higher than Alabama at the moment because uh, simply because of the fact that they have more quality wins. Uh, you know, they have Auburn at home, uh, you know, against my team. They have Texas and uh, against Florida. So, um, one was on the road, two at home. And this offense is just, uh, like I said, uh, I've said it again, they're a force to be reckoned with. And they, they score points at will. Um, they're not the team that runs the ball, runs the, the clock down, you know, in late situations. No, they, they, they're cutthroat. They don't care. They're no mercy. Uh, this, this team can score points at will. And uh, their defense is getting better every week. And I think that their defense, if they can keep improving, um, honestly, they'll be my pick for the national champions. That's uh, if their defense keeps improving. If their defense, you know, is inconsistent, plays bad, you know, plays well one week, um, they're not going to be. I think it'll be Ohio State or Alabama. But um, if their defense keeps improving, that's that's my pick for national champions. So um, I like this, and it's going to set the stage for this weekend in Bryant Denny. So yeah, and like you said, they have the wins that, like that Alabama doesn't. And LSU, the the reason that they're number two and not number one is because obviously their defense has struggled at times, and the win over Texas was previously considered probably one of the best wins of, of any team in college football right now. But um, Texas has really fallen off. They're not even ranked in the college football playoff rankings or the AP poll. So that, I feel like that made it a lot easier for the committee to make them the number two uh, choice instead of number one. But I totally agree with you. Right now, they're definitely better than Alabama. Um, but we're going to see that next week in Tuscaloosa. So who knows? And Alabama is actually favored in that game. Not, I don't agree with that, but uh, we'll definitely dive into that more because um, there's just so much to talk about with that game and so many implications that it has. So coming in at number three is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And um, they have, you know, not, not a very big game this week. No big deal. Uh, they play uh, LSU, not a nothing <laughs> crazy. Uh, it's not on 330 CBS or anything. But um, all jokes aside, this team is hopefully getting to a back this week, uh, hopefully for Alabama fans, not for me. I, I don't hope. I, I'm going to be a big LSU fan this week. Um, but uh, this Alabama team is phenomenal. They can honestly uh, arguably be the best team in the nation. They can be at number one. Uh, their resume doesn't say that, but they're obviously every year, year in and year out, they're the best team in the nation, if not the best, one of the best. So um, I know that was confusing right there, but – you get the point I'm trying to make. Two is coming off an injury, um, and, you know, he had a, a minor procedure, and, you know, he's going to be a game-time decision, but I think we all know that there's no chance he doesn't play. In worst-case scenario, he ends up playing the first quarter and coming out because, you know, he just couldn't hang in there. That, that happens. Um, but Mac Jones has kind of picked up his role, played the job of, you know, throwing the bubble screens and the slant routes and the inside zones because that's all their offense consists of. They don't do anything else. It's just it's a simple RPO offense. but um they are like i said one of the best teams in the nation right now and um i would not be surprised if they won the national championship this year it's gonna be them lsu or ohio state uh right now that's who i think has the chance to um win a national championship so <clears throat> um yeah i totally agree with you there like it's really down to those three teams at the moment no one else even including clemson has really impressed me to the point uh, to be a national championship, like, absolute elite, legit contender. Um, 
but Alabama right now, a lot of people think that maybe they should be behind Penn State and Clemson and all these other schools. And that's just because their resume hasn't shown yet. But all jokes aside, this is this is it right here. They play LSU this week, and if I feel like if they don't get this win, they're not going to get a second crack at the playoff. Um, they This is a very big win that they need against LSU, and it's going to be very tough to come by. But we'll see you on Saturday, 3.30, CBS. So that's all we can really say from there. And Alabama, obviously talented. And, uh, I mean, I feel like their name obviously keeps them in the top four. And, I mean, they have, they have a lot of work to do on both sides. Or not exactly both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball in the sense where they need to get to a healthy, um, but defensively they need to get better and better each week, which I feel like they have, but they still have a long way to go. Well, their front seven is extremely weak this year. Their linebackers are um, atrocious, I mean, compared to what you know they're used to having. And uh, just inside the box, uh, their run support is pretty bad. Um, you know, just to kind of put in context, I, you know, I was talking to my dad, you know, we were watching the game against Ole Miss and I was like, I mean, this team right here, I mean, this quarterback like ran around the backfield, like a chicken with its head cut off. Like he literally like just ran around. Like it was like Johnny yeah. Manziel on crack. Like it was ridiculous. So, and I was like, this team really got 400 yards of total offense on Alabama's defense. Like I just kind of put everything into perspective for me. Uh, how how flawed that their defense is. Their defense is terrible this year. And, you know, knowing us uh, and Gus, we're probably only going to put up about 125 yards of total offense on them, but no big deal or anything, right? Well, um, their defense, I wouldn't say their defense is horrible. I mean, they all their guys. It's on still that, Alabama. It, yeah, exactly. This is Alabama. So th- their defense is the, it's, it's worse since uh since Saban came to Alabama in 2007 like their numbers haven't been this bad since his first year at Alabama they they are they still have five-star guys they're just depleted and they don't have a lot of experience uh up front and like their corners are like their most experienced spot and even those guys are young so that I mean it shows a lot of flaws with this defense like on the defensive side for Alabama but I mean, we're going to see this week if they can take LSU. And, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight. And I'm I'm really excited for it. But, I don't know, things just aren't looking positive for Alabama to make a run too deep into this uh, college football playoff. So, coming in at number four is um, the fourth of our six teams that, you know, we're going to really elaborate on. But coming in at number four is the Penn State Nittany Lions. And I personally really don't like that they are number four because I do not believe that they're the fourth best team in the nation right now. Um, I don't really see much on their resume besides Michigan at, at this moment in time. Um, I mean, it's better than Clemson's, and I, it's not better than Georgia's, but Georgia you know, has one loss at the moment. Um, but they're not better than Georgia, I don't think. I don't think that they're better than Clemson, and I don't think that they're better than Alabama, LSU, Ohio State. And arguably, I don't think that they're better than Oregon at the moment. So the fact that they're at number four, you know, that's just my bold prediction. But the fact that they're number four, um, that they jumped Clemson, it's just strictly because Clemson um, doesn't have the resume. And I think Clemson's a lot better than they were like four weeks ago because, you know, they're beating these teams comfortably 63 to 14, uh, 45 to 14. You know, teams like Boston College, you know, teams in the past for Clemson that have won national championships, 
beat teams like Boston College 59-14 like they're doing now. So they're just having sound fundamental wins. They just really haven't had a challenge yet. And I, I, I would be a fool to count Clemson out as a national title contender because, you know, it. we both know very well that everyone thought last year they really couldn't do it. And then the, the way they played Notre Dame, everyone was like, okay, maybe they can beat Alabama, but then no one really thought that it was actually going to happen. You know, they, they beat them really bad. So um, I don't like that they jumped Clemson, but um, I can see why. Obviously, I, I can vouch for the resume situation, but um, I don't agree with it. But like I said, they're number four in the nation and uh, set up a big game this week against Minnesota, which I'm actually extremely excited to watch. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm stupid excited for that game. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that game later, and I'm kind of upset because I won't be able to watch it because I'm going to the Florida game this weekend. But And, of course, it's a noon game, which I have a very hot take about that game because it's a noon game, and we'll talk about that later in the pod. But this is this is very interesting to me because Penn State, I feel like they haven't really put up big numbers against anyone. Like, sure, they put up big numbers against Maryland, but they're – like – they should have lost to Michigan, and people don't want to like give them give Michigan credit for it. But Michigan should have beat this Penn State team. Um, they were one drop ball away from go- taking that game into overtime or winning it in even in regulation. But this Penn State team has—they're not the fourth best team in the country, but I definitely think they are. They are a contender in the Big Ten. I just don't find them. Uh, I, I think they're a contender for the Big Ten, and they'll probably get a New Year's Six spot, but this Ohio State team is way too good, and I feel like that game later on in, in November won't be exactly the best game to watch. I feel like Ohio State runs away with it later in the game, but that's for a later podcast to get to. Uh, but like you said, number five is Clemson, and a lot of people have already written them off. They played they played one really, like, really game, one bad game, against North Carolina and sure North Carolina is not exactly the most credible team like they're not that great they're what four and five four and four right now and obviously that's not good and it looks bad for Clemson because they don't have really any big wins right now and I feel like that's what the res or that's what the committee looked at when they put them at number five because their resume isn't better than Penn State's but um and Penn State has that win over Michigan where Clemson's best win right now is over an unranked Texas A&M team. And that's something that had to be taken into consideration. However, we all know that since that UNC game, Clemson, like you said, is blowing out teams. Um, they're, they, they're back on track. They're last week. I know they played like Wofford, but when I tell you Trevor Lawrence literally didn't have to do anything in that game, except hand the ball off. He literally didn't have to do anything. Like, sure, it's Wofford. I know it sounds kind of sounds kind of foolish, but like he literally didn't even have to throw a pass, and it was just like game over from the get go. And they're just blowing out teams right now. And honestly, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give my girlfriend a shout out here, Lauren Viola. Big shout out because when we were watching the unveiling of the rankings. Uh, she called it and she said Clemson was going to get number five. I said, no way they put Clemson at five and Penn state at four, but uh, she got it right. And I'll give her credit for it. But um, I am shocked because I feel like Clemson is better than Penn state, but resume wise, I feel like Penn state definitely deserved the edge. I just don't think if you get if at an eye test standpoint, Clemson's the better team. 
Well, um, like I, I definitely go along with you. I cannot imagine. I can't believe that they put Clemson at five. It just boggles my mind. It's like a one-loss Alabama team, you know, on the bubble, and them just putting them at number six. Like that just won't happen, and just never happens. So, uh, yeah, it is very surprising that Penn State jumped them. And like I've stated before, I don't believe Clemson, uh, or excuse me, I don't believe Penn State is a better team than Clemson. So, with that said, I don't, I mean, there's not real, really much else for me to say on this. I think that they're a really good team, honestly. And I think Trevor Lawrence is starting to hit his stride. Their run game is there. I mean, Travis Etienne is, is literally a man amongst boys. I mean, it's not fair. When he, when he breaks in the daylight, I mean, the guy's got track and field speed. I mean, literally, like. Yeah, he's he's so fast. He he when he hits the burners, dude, it's it's oh, it's beautiful over. to watch, dude. He's got a nice, you know, running formation. I don't know. He's he runs kind of awkward, but it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? You've seen him run. He yeah, runs yeah, kind of awkwardly, dude. But then when he but starts it's, hitting but those it's strides, nice. it's kind of nice. Yeah, dude. when it's, he starts hitting those strides, dude, he's just like, it's just like a work of art. You know what I mean? Like an artist, dude. Yeah. It's nice. It's it's so good to watch. Yeah, it's it's funny that what you're saying that, but. Because I totally agree. Like, if he gets one or two steps on someone, you know he's just gone. Like, oh, yeah, you're there, not touching him. No, nah, he's gone. And it's just one of those things where he, you're, that guy's better than your guy. And that's just a story for Clemson in a lot of ways, especially in the ACC. But, I mean, it is what it is. And, so, oh. Yeah. Is that it for you? Yeah. Okay, so coming at number six, we have the Georgia Bulldogs coming off a huge win against the 40 Gators, a win that effectively knocked the Gators out of playoff contention. Um, and this was a game uh, – we're, you know, we're going to go into this. Um, I know I've got a lot to say about this game, and I know you do as well. Um, but uh, there's not too much to go into this. Uh, there's not really elsewhere Georgia could go. They're one-loss team. Everybody else in front of them is undefeated. Um, this is the right spot for Georgia. Um, they're on the bubble. You know, a lot of teams, you know, Penn State's got to play Ohio State, so one of them's going to lose. LSU and Alabama got to play this week. One of them's going to lose. So, um, you know, this week they're guaranteed if they, if, you know, if they get a win this week against Mizzou, which is probably going to happen, presuming that Mizzou is playing on the road. So Mizzou on the road is like Helen Keller's, like, grandkids playing out there. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, um, you know, Georgia out there, they're uh, – they're going to most likely get a win, 99.9% chance, and they're going to slide up to five or maybe four, you know, if LSU loses this week or Ohio State, which, you know, just yeah. hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be hard because I don't know how the committee is going to rank LSU or Alabama. It just depends on how the game goes, whoever loses that game. Um, the winner is obviously going to go up to one or, or, or two, and um, – Whoever loses, if depending on how bad the loss is, they could move down a lot. Uh, if it's a very ugly loss, they could move down to like six or seven. But if they were to win, I feel like they could – or if they, if they were to lose but only by a field goal or a touchdown, I feel like they could actually just move up to – up to like move down to five, and Georgia would just be stuck at six. And – I mean, it just depends on how the game goes. We won't be able to tell until then. But, I mean, I can agree with you in some sense. I don't know if or if Georgia's better than Oregon at this point. Sure, they have better athletes. But I feel like there's a lot to talk about with the six, seven, and eight spots right now. But uh, I'll get, I'll, we'll get into that later when we go over our top six. So, uh, to finish out the rest of the first college ball playoff rankings, we have coming at number seven is the Oregon Ducks. 
Number eight, the Utah Utes. Number nine, the Oklahoma Sooners. Number 10, the Florida Gators. Number 11, shockingly, the Auburn Tigers. War damn eagle, but I can't believe it that they're there. <laughs> um, but at number 12, we have the Baylor Bears, who are still undefeated up to this point. Number 13, Wisconsin. How, how they're at number 13, I don't know. But uh, they're ranked Shocking. actually behind them is Michigan at 14, and the fact that they're ranked above Michigan right now. Even though they beat him, I, I just can't. The Michigan's a much better team right now. But besides the point, uh, at 15 is Notre Dame, which, again, shocks me. Number 16 is Kansas State, which is very good for them. I, I like that. And uh, 17 is Minnesota, who is going up in a big game this week against Penn State. 18 is Iowa. 19 is Wake Forest. 20 is Cincinnati. 21 is Memphis who just came off a big win against SMU, which I did not think that they were going to win that game, but, you know, we're going to get into that. And um, 22 is Boise State, 23 is Oklahoma State, 24 is Navy, and 25 SMU fell following their loss to Memphis. So that brings us to our first game this week, which is West Virginia played Baylor, and Baylor on ended Halloween. up On Halloween on a Thursday night, and Baylor ended up winning 17-14. And uh, I want to know uh, first what what are your thoughts on this game, and then before a- after you give me your thoughts on this game, I want to know if you think Baylor's a legit contender for the Big Twelve. And uh, obviously, you know if they can win the Big Twelve, though that means playoff implications. Obviously, if they won the Big Twelve, they'd be a one loss team or an undefeated team. So give me give me what you thought about Baylor for this game, and then I want to know uh, if you think that they can seriously contend for Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I mean. The Big 12 championship is obviously – it's definitely in reach. But this game this past weekend, uh, West Virginia was very much in this game for a very long time. I mean, it came down to a, a field goal that they kicked, West Virginia did, and they made it, but there was a delay of game, and it set them back five yards, and then the, the next kick got blocked with about three minutes left. So West Virginia was right in this game, and it was it – was, not very good for Baylor because this is this is a game that if they really want to get to the Big 12 championship in the playoff that is like if that's your goal you need to win this game by a lot like a bigger margin but um no their defense though Baylor's defense give them a lot of credit they held West Virginia to 14 rushing yards and I just the issue offensively, though, right now is that they don't run the RPO more, and both of their touchdowns came off of RPO plays, both of them, and or they're, they're both of their touchdown passes. And the issue is is when they run a regular spread offense and Charlie Brewer is back there and he he's running around for his life, but he, he needs to make quicker decisions, but he doesn't have the time when his offensive line is letting him get sacked so much. He got sacked seven times on on Thursday night, and that was just ugly. Like, he, he was running for his life the whole game. It was very bad. And West Virginia is a very bad defense. So that's a big issue. But as long as Charlie Brewer is playing well for the Bears, they're going to be fine. But um, they, have a lot, they have a lot to work on before they play teams like uh, – I'm not sure if they play Kansas State. But they, they play, play Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Texas, so yeah. So they have a lot to work on there. Um, but like you said, or like you asked earlier, uh, the Big Twelve Championship. They're pro- I feel like they'll make it. Um, the only other teams that I think that have are better than them right now are Kansas State and uh, Kansas State. I'm not even sure if they played yet, but they might have actually. But Kansas State and Oklahoma 
Um, I feel like those teams are probably better than Baylor as of right now, even though Baylor is undefeated. Um, I feel like they still can make the Big 12 championship. But if they want to make the playoff, it's they have the win out. And they, they the committee can't say no to a Baylor team who would probably end up beating Oklahoma twice. I just feel like that's uh, – I feel like that's a very hard no. And, I mean, it, it comes down – there's a lot that has to happen. It's like we'll see a lot more unravel. But Baylor, if they want to, if they want to make the, uh, the Big 12 championship game, they have the win out. And they'll probably, if they win out and win the Big 12 championship, I think they have a spot in the playoff. So to just put it into perspective for you, uh, Baylor is atop of the Big 12 standings right now, or Big 12 right now, at 5-0 and in the conference. Oklahoma is 4-1 and in second place. Kansas State is 3-2. and Iowa State is 3-2. and And Texas is 3-2 and as well, coming in at fifth. So um, yeah, this is just quick math top of my head. Baylor has to play Oklahoma and Texas, and there's no chance that they're not favored in both those games. Or, excuse me, that they're favored. There's no chance that they're favored in both those games. So they're not going to be favored in just from a realistic mindset. You, Baylor is fundamentally an iffy team. They're not, you know, that cutthroat Big 12 team that scores a lot of points on you. Like, they're kind of, uh, they remind me of like a Michigan State from 2016. You know, they just happened to win the Big Ten. And the committee couldn't say no to them. And then they ended up getting killed by Alabama. Is that, you know, you know what I mean? So no, I, I totally get you there. And it, it'll, it, it could definitely happen. But the, yeah. the thing that separates them from other teams in the league, I feel like, is their defense. Because their defense has kept them in games and won them games. And it's just a, that's huge when you're playing in a conference like the Big 12 where there is no defense and you're the only defense there. Yeah, so if Baylor was to lose to Oklahoma and Texas, they will fall to 5-2. and two. Presumably Texas will be 5-2. and two. Um, Iowa State must win their next two games. And Iowa State would have the tiebreaker over. It's actually really, really, really weird because Baylor has the tiebreaker over Iowa State. Texas has, would have the tiebreaker over Baylor. And Texas without the tiebreaker over Iowa State, it, it's just really weird. Baylor has yeah. a tiebreaker over Kansas State. Um, I don't know Kansas State and Iowa State. I don't know. I'm not just some math magician right now. What a mathematician. I don't know. But <laughs> no, it's 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 very much like the Pac-12, where it's kind of cannibalism. Yeah, and because whoever they, kicks each other the hardest, you know. Yeah, exactly. And they're just beating on each other at this point. And Baylor's the only one who's getting out on top right now. And they're they're very very likely to lose to Oklahoma right now, but I don't know. Like that, we'll talk about that in future weeks when that game comes closer. But uh, yeah, it, Baylor has to win out if they want any shot at the playoff for the Big Twelve. So to move on to our next game, we are going to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs playing the Florida Gators in Jacksonville, Florida, where the Georgia Bulldogs came out on top, twenty-four to seventeen. And so my first question to you is, um, I know this was a, a Georgia win and they showcased their defense and they proved a lot to me before we get to what I think about it. I want to know how, how you actually, um, what, do you, what do you think about Georgia on Saturday, how they played and um, how did they actually look? Do they really look as good as they did on the stat sheet? Does their defense really prove that they're elite? Because, you know, I saw a stat that said that their defense is the first defense in the last 20 years to not allow a touchdown, a rushing touchdown in like the first eight weeks of the season, 
which to me is just ridiculous. Um, but besides the point, um, how do you think that they actually looked? Well, they outcoached Dan Mullen, and like Kirby Smart did a great job. And I give I give him full credit because a lot of people have been bashing him in the past couple of weeks because everyone was like, okay, so Georgia has the talent here, and uh, Dan Mullen's a better coach than Kirby Smart is. And in many way, in in general speaking, that's very much true. But he did it exact. He had it exactly right, and you kind of hit it right on the head with this. Uh, with this defense that Georgia has. They haven't given up a rushing touchdown at all, and that's exactly what he was hammering in with this defense this past week, Kirby Smart was, because he wanted to stop the run for Florida, and they did a great job of that. Florida had 21 rushing yards, um, and they they were able to stuff it all day. Uh, The issue that I had with their defense, though, was in the passing game because, I mean – Sure, you never felt like Georgia or Florida was really going to win this game, and it hurts to say that because I was stressing all day on Saturday. But it, it was a very tough game to watch as a Gator fan. But in any event, I mean Trask Trask really ripped them up this this defense. Like I promise you, if you look at the stats, you watch the game, they couldn't stop they they couldn't stop Kyle Pitts, they couldn't stop Freddie Swain. And Van Jefferson went up and got it like the man he is on that touch on Florida's first touchdown pass. And that was just it was just crazy to me how um, how their defense got ripped up like that uh, in the passing game. And that's something that's going to kill them in the SEC championship, assuming they get there against an Alabama or an LSU team. Like, I seriously believe that it's not going to be close, but um on the other side of the ball, I feel like Florida's defense made Jake Fromm look a lot better than he is. And I'm not taking away from who he is because he's a very good quarterback. However, he's had a, he had a very bad game against South Carolina and he hasn't, this has not been his best season so far, but Florida yet again, like last year made him look very good. And that was just unbelievable because he was able to pick apart that defense where Florida just Florida had given itself uh, their own mistakes and busted coverages on both of the touchdown passes, and that it was just so annoying to watch as a Florida fan because the coverage is just busted like that in the blink of an eye, and it made Jake from it gave him the easiest passes, but they just kept raving on about how great he was, even though it was throws that you or I can make. Yeah, so to go along with what you said, that uh, Georgia, I, I don't know, I, I really, really disagree with you just because of the fact that Georgia, their offense, you know, I, could, you, could you stand here right now and tell me that you don't think Georgia's offense is very productive? No, I, I, don't, think, I don't think they're that productive. I really don't. Um, they got a lucky on a lot of, like, plays with the refs, um, and that – something that kills me i think florida's defense is very much overrated um florida gave up 12 uh, third down conversions for georgia uh, when they were on when georgia was on offense they held deandre swift to uh, 81 yards on 20 carries um for big big and bad defenses like ohio state or someone else that georgia could potentially see in a playoff which i don't think they'll get to uh, I think uh, a really good defense, or even Auburn, 
will exploit that. And Florida just had a very bad day uh, defensively. And I don't think they're that productive. Lawrence Cager, though, is a huge uh, guy that they did get to bring back this weekend for the uh, for the Florida game. And, I mean, he had that long touchdown. And, that again, uh, against most defenses, that play doesn't even happen. It was a busted coverage. Uh, you can watch that. You can watch that play over and over, and you can just watch Sean Davis not even see the guy, and it was just, it, it was horrible to watch, and it was painful. But um, no, I don't think they're that productive. And the issue is that if they were to get into a shootout like one of these teams, like I said, Alabama or LSU, Georgia would probably put up twenty-eight points, while Alabama was able to put up, I'd say, fifty. Because this, like I said, Kyle, if Kyle Trask is ripping up a defense like Georgia's, then Joe Burrow is going to shred them. Tua Tagovailoa is going to shred that defense. And Georgia's can't, I don't think Georgia can hang with the big boys. Well, uh, that's where I really, really disagree with you. Um, I hate to just call you out, but I really think you're sleeping on Georgia. Because strictly because of the fact that I don't, th- I don't even think we have a damn chance to score over 17 points. I've respected you guys. You guys were a very good. You have a, you're a very good offense. I really like your offense. I like Trask. And um, anybody that says anybody else should be the quarterback next year for the Florida Gators is a, is a, excuse my language, but they're a dumbass. Okay, they're an idiot. Trask is a phenomenal quarterback. Okay, so. Your offense has been successful in the past. You guys were in a shootout with LSU until um, momentum swings. You know, in previous podcast we've talked about that. But your offense is able to score 17 points on this defense, which is very good. I, this defense is elite. This pass rush is elite. Their run support is elite, giving up only 21 rushing yards. They held you less than 300 yards. And, I mean, you guys pride yourselves. You're a better offense than you are defense. And I don't think your defense is overrated. Obviously, you know, you watch your team a lot more than I, uh, than I do, obviously. But um, I don't think your defense is overrated. I think your defense is above average. I don't think you guys are crazy good or anything, but you're not a shitty defense. You know what I mean? You're a good defense. Um, you, you, when you need a stop, your defense is capable of making the stop when it counts, if that makes sense. But, okay, but hold on. S- Saturday, Florida needed those stops. They didn't get them. Georgia converted 12 of 18 third down conversions. That is well, horrible. Well, I think that you're is. just cursed on tw- third down because, you know, last year I know the stat was all of Jake Fromm's passing touchdowns, all three of them were on third down. All two of them, both, both of those touchdowns on Saturday were on third down. So, well, I mean, last, last year's game was just ridiculous considering. We were together for that game. I don't know yeah, we were. we were. I remember I, that. I remember that. I was watching the game. I was like, damn, yep. last year we were watching this game together. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, we saw C.J. Henderson go down in that game, and Marco Wilson had already been out for the season with a knee injury, and that's what that's what killed us that game because we, we had ex- inexperienced guys, but that was last year. Don't want to go back to that because it was, it was a pretty ugly one. But this, this past Saturday, uh, what really bothered me with Florida's defense was – I mean, Grantham was able to get pressure. Uh, he just couldn't take down Jake Fromm. And that's one of those things where Florida and Georgia, the huge difference is recruiting. And it's because Kirby Smart is obviously dropping the bag for these recruits. Like, I don't, I don't give a damn who you are. He's paying these recruits like crazy. And 
it's it is clear but whatever i don't want to get riled up on that hey before before you move on before you move on let me let me cut you off (laughs) so i had a i had a discussion with my my ap chemistry teacher right so my ap chemistry teacher is uh she's very ignorant to the sport of college football and so um she's one of those people that believes that college athletes should be um like paid a salary like they should get paid money and because you know they're putting out their bodies whatever for football they're putting the risk and you know if they get hurt a school can just pull their scholarship whatever and so you know me i'm i'm a bit at big advocate for not paying players a salary because you're getting reimbursed with an education for free you know what i mean so it was over the uh the debate and stuff and she you know she's talking about how they're not getting paid at all and i was like okay come on like Let's be real. Players are getting paid, and she's like, "Well, at Alabama, they don't." I'm like, "Yeah, they do. Alabama's just oh really good gosh. at hiding it. Alabama's just really good at hiding it." And I was like, "And you know what? The NCAA probably knows Nick Saban pays his players, and he's not going to do anything about it because you know why? Because Alabama cre- uh, gives the NCAA so much revenue. It, they yeah. create some so much revenue. No, so that's, that's exactly right, and that's the issue with like it's crazy because I don't know if you saw, but last last off season. And I know it's we're talking about recruiting, but that that was that played a huge factor in the Florida Georgia game this this past weekend. Like Dan Mullins hasn't recruited at a high level yet, and it's gonna be a like it's got to be this off season that he has recruited at a very high level because Georgia's bringing in five five and uh, four star guys left and right, and that's just something. It's something that is so annoying because. It, it's obvious that he's paying these guys because one of his they had a running back recruit who committed to Georgia or he decommitted from LSU and the 10 minutes later he committed to uh, to Georgia because and he tweeted he said Kirby offered the bag like okay and then he deleted the tweet five minutes later I promise you, you can find you can look that up just look up uh just look up Georgia paying players and you'll find that tweet somewhere along the lines. But no, it's, it's obviously happening and no one really cares about it. There's always been a gap between like elite teams and smaller teams. And like, that's, that's something that will keep the gap going because these big teams can pay for, pay for these recruits to come in. And I, I mean, obviously that's another, that is something we can talk about for an entire podcast one day, but um, no, it, it just showed that Florida had four, three and four star guys where Georgia has a mostly five star athletes. And that's where, that's where they absolutely killed Florida. And I really thought, I didn't think it would be as big of a deal for the Gators this Saturday. I thought Dan Mullen was smart enough as a coach to really get his team ready to roll and just be able to possibly like be able to put a good game plan to beat Georgia and make make every right play, but Florida just shot itself in the foot in a lot of different ways this Saturday, and ultimately Georgia got out of there with the W. So to move on to our next game, we have the Utah Utes versus the Washington Huskies, where number nine Utah went into Washington and won 33-28. to And so my first question to you is is this win for Utah uh, a defining victory that can you know um, 
convince you that they're going to win the Pac-12 and um, make us uh, create themselves a spot into the playoff? Well, they showed they showed they could score literally everywhere. I mean, they had a pick six. Uh, their quarterback ran, what's his name, Tyler Huntley, threw a touchdown and ran for a touchdown, and then Zach Moss ran for a touchdown as well. They can score from every aspect, and I don't think this is a program-defining win or a defining win for their season, but that'll come in the, or not in the SEC championship, the Pac-12 championship, if they get there, and I, I'm sure they will against Oregon. And if they win that game, it is very likely that they can make their way into the college football playoff. However, this is not – this. your question was, is this the – a season-defining win, no, and I say that just because I say that just because <clears throat> this um this Washington team is now five and four, and I don't think that they're that hot of a team right now. But I mean, Utah is still very good, still a contender, but this is not a program-defining win. So I know this is kind of off off topic from uh, Utah, and I know we've gone over them a lot in the past. But um, as for Washington, um. They're, you know, they're five and four and, you know, uh, their record doesn't depict, you know, they're a really good five and four team. If you, if, if you showed me their record, I'd be like, wow, you know, they suck. And then you'd show me that it's Washington. Like, oh, well, damn, like they're actually pretty good. They're a good team. And um, as for their quarterback, Jacob Beeson, uh, formerly, if you didn't know, he was the former quarterback at Georgia before he got hurt. And Jake Fromm eventually took his spot and he was never given back. Uh, well, yeah. do you think Jacob Beeson's going to go pro this year? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he ha- he's thrown for well over 2,000 yards. I think he has 2,500 around that area right now. Um, he has, what, 24 touchdowns or so. Um, he's having a really good year. Uh, he didn't have the – he made two bad mistakes all game this past weekend. I would love to see him come back just because right now he's probably about a third-round pick, and I feel like if he stayed, he could definitely make his way into the second or first round. But um, I don't know. I feel like he will go, but I feel like it would be best for him if he were to stay. The only scary part is injuries, which he suffered a very bad one at Georgia. So it would probably it's it's hard to say which would be best for him. But for as a fan, I'd love to see him come back. But I feel like he'll go. Um, you know, for myself, um. I don't think he's going to go, and if he does, I don't really think he's um, – it'd be a very good idea. He's not even in the top 25 quarterbacks in terms of yardage thrown. And so with that said, I don't think he's going to be within the top 15 for touchdowns. So um, as an NFL GM, I'd definitely take Anthony Gordon out of Washington State or Joe Burrow over him, you know, et cetera. Quarterbacks like that, I wouldn't uh, take Easton. Easton really hasn't proven to me much from what I've watched of him. Um, you know, he runs in a pro style offense with, you know, an eye formation and, uh, with Washington, you know, they, they do that. They're good at, um, producing NFL talent, you know, like players like Rex Burkhead who weren't players that, you know, went to Alabama or LSU, but, you know, went to small colleges. I don't know, like, I don't know where he went, but he didn't go anywhere huge. And, um, you know, they, they uh, Gaskin, Miles Gaskin, who I believe is going to end up being, you know, the guy that's on the Patriots, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. he plays in a good offensive system. Uh, that's good at producing um, off the radar NFL talent, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think he he's not going to go in the top two rounds. I, I think he'd be a fifth or sixth round pick 
So for him to go pro, it'd just kind of be wasted. You might as well just stay and get your education. I mean, get your business degree or whatever, and then, you know, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really see the whole point. I mean, there's not much to talk about that. I mean, if he did, he'd be an idiot to go, if that makes sense. No, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think it, it's the dumbest idea. I feel like he's a third or fourth round pick right now. I feel like he could, like, definitely bring his draft stock up if he were to stay. Um, I do believe that this would be his uh, senior year, so I feel like next year would be like a like a his fifth year. But since he had to medically redshirt his sophomore year of college, that um, so he would end up getting his degree this fall or next or next semester in the spring. But so, so it, it's one of those things where he can come back and work on his craft and kind of just get better and improve his draft stock but the scary part is obviously an injury so i don't he, he can go right it, it's a very big um decision for him to make but i feel like he'll go and i just i hope he stays i feel like it'll be better for him so moving on to our next game is another pac-12 matchup versus the number seven oregon ducks and the usc trojans and so oregon or excuse me or, yes oregon went into Los Angeles and beat the USC Trojans 56 to 24. And there's not too much to this game. Uh, the only thing is, is how significant is this win for Oregon? That's, you know, my first question. And um, what does this do for uh, Clay Helton's job security? And um, do you think USC is going to land Urban Meyer, which is a rumor going around? Um, I mean, it's a nice win for Oregon and Justin Herbert had a huge day, but on the USC side, I think this is the this is a blowout loss that is going to look horrible for Clay Helton, and I feel like the, I feel like they ha- definitely have the opportunity to go after. They definitely have the opportunity and the money to go after Urban Meyer. Um, I feel like they should. It's just it, it doesn't seem to be working out right now, and I feel like if they were to bring, uh, I feel like if they were to bring. Urban Meyer out there, I think he would change everything very quickly, like in the snap of his finger. And um, I obviously it might take a little bit of time, but he's one of those guys. A lot of guys out there would want to go there to USC, and Clay Helton's just not getting the job done. And this game was close at first. They were leading 10-0 at the, at the end of the first quarter, and then it just fell apart so fast. And it that's not – acceptable for USC and they're five and four right now and as a Trojan fan I'm sure they're going as Trojan fans are they're probably going crazy and uh, I think they've had enough and I think he'll I think he's done after this year and we'll probably end up seeing Urban Meyer in that I think Urban Meyer will probably go so um, I, I mean honestly I, I kind of agree with you along the lines um, Except, you know, I think Oregon's win uh, over USC wasn't extremely significant, but um, it it helped Utah out in the Pac-12. What, what is it, the south or the north? Um, yeah, the south. I mean, yeah, it, it helped the Pac-12's chances of getting a team in the playoff for sure. Yeah, and, you know, USC's a team that's, you know, played North, Notre Dame um, well, and uh, Notre Dame's not a crazy good team, but Notre Dame, you know, played Georgia – well, you know, it, it kind of all connects to itself. You know, the little triangle is what I call it. You know, one team beats another, the other team beats another, if that makes sense. So long story short, 
this was a good win for a team, and they, you know, they won by 30 points, or I don't know the exact, I'm not going to do the math right now, but they won by somewhere close to 30 points. So, I mean, they didn't win by three, which kind of, I'd, I'd be telling you something different here. I'd be saying Oregon, you know, didn't do a very good job. No, Oregon, they won this game significantly, and they won this game comfortably, and they made themselves, you know, at home and um, proved to the committee that they're, they're possibly, there's a chance for them to get into the playoff. Um, and do I think they land Urban Meyer? Hell no. I don't think that's happening. Um, but it, like you said, if it happened, he could just cha- transform USC with a snap of his finger, and it would be like 2004 all over again uh, for uh, USC. Um, but that moves us on to our next game, which is SMU in Ol- excuse me, SMU in Memphis. And so Memphis took this game 54 to 48. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to the game day crew for making Bill Street look nicer than it is. And, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have been to Bill Street. Um, personally, I live there, been there, you know, a good amount of times. Bill Street's a shithole. Um, Memphis is just, it's just a dump. It just is. And so I hate Memphis uh, with, with, you know, every part of me. I just hate Memphis. Um, you could, I'd rather sit in the worst part of Arkansas and I'd rather sit in mud for a couple hours than go to Memphis for five minutes. I swear to God, I hate Memphis so much, but besides the point, um, they did a phenomenal job of making Beale street look, uh, phenomenal and, you know, uh, getting game day set up there, which, you know, it's not usually get it in the middle of a, a major street in a city. Um, but, um, uh, definitely got good food on Beale street though. No lie. Not going to lie to you, but, uh, as for the game. Uh, Memphis had a lot of big plays, and uh, my first question to you is: With Memphis's win over SMU, who was re- regarded as a very uh, as an, um, a guaranteed New Year Six bowl team if they had won out, do you think Memphis can maybe make a New Year Six bowl now after uh, beating SMU, or, or is any chance any Power Five team's chances of making a New Year Six bowl is that out the window, or can Memphis do it? Um, I feel like well, they have to pick one Group of Five school, and I feel like. It, it, it's going to come down who, to whoever wins the American Athletic Conference. And because it's the best group of five school, do I think it, it's better than any Power Five schools? Hell no. But they will probably – I feel like they can definitely do it. Memphis can. And <clears throat> I feel like it comes down to them in Cincinnati. It'll, be, it'll come down to whoever wins that conference. But right now I would say Memphis is the favorite – but uh, in my the favorite of the public, at least in my opinion, I think Cincinnati's the best team in the group of five. I'm definitely with you there. I think Cincinnati's kind of getting slept on right now, just because they haven't played any notable games as of late. But um, I can see where the public's coming from. Uh, you know, Memphis is coming off a big one against SMU, who everybody thought was you know a force to be reckoned with, and uh, they beat them. So, which is something I did not expect. And you know what? I'm going to give props to the Memphis fans. I didn't know Memphis football fans existed, but they packed out the Liberty Bowl. I mean, sold it out. Yeah. It so was the first sellout in like 20-plus years. I, that's, that blows my mind. Because, I mean, you look at it, and, you know, the freaking bowl game that they have there every year gets like they saw it like half <laughs> the stadium. They had the Memphis um, – Mem- what, what was the AAF team? Memphis Express or something like that? Yeah, yeah. They didn't even sell out like a sixteenth of the stadium. I swear, they yeah, sold out didn't, like. Didn't they have Johnny Manziel on that team too? Yeah, they they had Johnny Manziel and they had a couple <laughs> like like ten drunk fans show up like more <laughs> in the game, but that's about it. 
So yeah, uh, I mean that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, and Johnny Manziel was ass. He wasn't good at all. So, um, but that that's it. So I mean, I'm gonna give props to Memphis fans for you know, showing up. That's that's awesome. I think that's probably a good reason why they won the game. Um, as a player, you know, like where you play every single game, and then you walk out of the scene, you're like, holy shit, where are all these fans come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, man, was, <laughs> like it, where it did they crazy. come from? I mean, like you see. I mean, if you if you are a regular Memphis fan and you just watch, and you're watching these games, even against like Ole Miss at the beginning of this season, which I thought they would pack it out a little bit more, but they like it was just nothing, and there was like probably like maybe a, probably less than ten thousand fans showed up to that game, but for this one, they packed out the the Liberty Bowl. So, props to Memphis fans. So this moves us into our last game of the night which is Ole Miss going into Jordan-Hare and playing my Auburn Tigers and losing 14-20. And let me first – you know what? I don't know. I can't – I just can't wrap my head around this. Um, I'm on the verge of not watching our games anymore until Gus is fired. Uh, if, you didn't want, if you didn't make it up to that point in the last podcast, I still have a GoFundMe. Ready to go for Gus's buyout. We are at like two dollars at the moment. Um, <laughs> and yes, they are my two dollars. So <laughs> going twenty-seven and a half million dollars. Let's get it. We need to buy this guy out. Uh, so my first question is: Is this the end for Gus? And if you don't say yes, next time we meet, I'm I'm punching you. I swear. If you don't say yes. Yeah. No. It's it's falling off for me. I, I I'm on I'm on the bandwagon, and. This is this is just going. This is bad. And just some easy stats for you. I mean, he's horrible once they cross the fifty yard line. He's horrible calling plays. And I mean, they the fact that they can't develop Bo Nix to throw a football correctly is just mind blowing. Because it's just one of those things where just hit your guy, and it'll, it it it'll, it's a real easy thing. You just got to hit him right in the numbers. It doesn't have to be pretty or anything. You just gotta, you just gotta do it every once in a while, but I mean, you guys outgained Ole Miss five hundred seven to with five hundred seven yards to two hundred sixty six, and this was a six point game. And I mean, Anders Carlson missed three, what three field goals? I think it's three. Yeah, um, Stevie Wonder, he didn't do very good job of kicking the ball. I mean, Anders Carlson. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was it was just bad, and I mean, I. I'd love to see who they would hire because it would, it would be huge because Auburn's one of those programs where one hire, I feel like you guys could be a top 10 program in the country and like year in and year out instead of these years where it's with Gus, you're, you're ranked, but it's like, okay, when are, when are we going to actually beat Alabama? When are we, when are we going to be favored against it Alabama? Happens every, it happens every four years, you know, everyone's like, I mean, yeah, well, it's, it's like the only, Olympics. He's the only coach. <laughs> he's the only coach that you know has beaten Alabama in the past. You know, Gene Chizik didn't do it. I'm like, well, Gene Chizik was a shit coach. He just he had one good year. He's he got us a ring. He yeah, just he got had, credit. He had Cam. He had yeah, Cam. Cam. I mean, give any <laughs> coach Cam. I mean, you could have given a seven year old Cam as our head coach, and he would have won. I mean, like, didn't take a genius to 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 do something with Cam. Honestly, yeah. dude, I think we would have like probably killed him and buried him like in Tuscaloosa if he didn't win a national championship with Cam. So, like, 
just outright. I mean, and then you had Tommy Tuberville and guys like that who had mediocre years and had one good year. So I think a lot of Auburn fans are kind of, uh, I guess you could say, sus or suspect about getting rid of Gus because Gus has brought in a consistent recruiting class every year. And I can understand, I definitely understand where Auburn fans are coming from. He's brought in a consistent recruiting class every single year. And we're, quote-unquote, a national title contender every year. And uh, the way he turned our program around, going from 3-9 and nine to making us, you know, um, I wouldn't say a powerhouse because we're not a powerhouse, but we're, like I said, a national title contender every year. Every year you talk about us, what, what can we do, what can happen. And so I think a lot of Auburn fans are scared to go back to possibly going back to 3-9, and nine, which I don't think that's going to happen. I think we've developed a uh, – a, a motto and a, a reputation for being a, a, a national title contender always and forever. We're not going to go back to being like Arkansas, whatnot. And um, I think we just have to get the right hire. We can't get a guy like Willie Taggart because, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could do Willie Taggart. Honestly, at this point, I'd rather have Willie Taggart. Okay. Um, well, okay. Before you get crazy, um, let's move on because that I hope you you're going to regret that statement if, Auburn ever hires him because your your program would take no, thirty no, no, no. steps I backwards. Mean, I don't want him. I would just I'd rather at this point. I think we have a higher chance of beating Alabama with Willie Taggart than Gus no, at the moment. No, 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 no. You're telling me okay, Gus is the worst <laughs> call player I've ever seen in my life. I mean, literally, it is like I do you sit watch there. for do you watch Florida State? No, football? no, no. Yes, they, no, no. They almost lost to Louisiana Monroe. And you're going to tell me that Gus Malzahn does not give you a better chance to beat Alabama than Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart is a horrible coach. I don't and, I, I'm tired of seeing uh, screenplays where, you know, Bo Nix throws in the lineman's ass or <laughs> where he throws wide receiver screens over the heads of, you know, Seth Williams or where he just can't throw a 14-yard dig route. Or where we get like third and one, and then Gus throws a, a hundred and fifty yard hail mary for you know for a conversion, and then like when we get like second and like twenty eight or first and twenty eight, he runs the ball, like or he he brings out the punting unit you know on first and twenty eight. So like I just can't do it anymore. I mean this guy's decision making it's just I've watched it for too many years, and it's just like I no, just can't do it. I'm, I I agree with you that it's his time is up and. This is a program that could be a lot of many steps forward and competing with Alabama year in and year out where it's with Gus, it's been, okay, where is the iron bowl? Because if we're playing, if, if Auburn is playing against Alabama in, in Jordan Hare, then it's like, oh, it's, this is anybody's ball game. But if it's at, if, but if it's in Tuscaloosa, it's going to be like 49 to 10. And I feel like consistency is what Auburn fans want, and I, they deserve it too. So it, it's time for him to go, and I'm very intrigued to see who they could hire this offseason, but I, I seriously doubt he'll actually get fired. Well, like you said with our consistency, and you know, once I say this real quick and we'll move on, but with the consistency, Auburn fans, here's the thing. We're like um, – well, I don't know what a good example is. We're like a dog. I mean, I don't know. You don't like a cat. You know, the cat wants you to pet it every once in a while, but it wants you to pet it all the time. You know, like a dog. 
Okay, Alabama fans are like dogs. They want to be pet all the time. They want to be national champions all the time. Auburn fans, it's like every five years, just give us a really run for the money for the national championship, and we're going to be good. You know, win us the national cha- championship like every eight years, we're straight. But we don't have to win it every year because then it just kind of takes the fun out of it. You know what I mean? Like, No, I, I get you there. It's Yeah, that's, that's just how Auburn fans are. We're not like Alabama fans. We're not strung like Clemson fans where they expect their team to be in the playoff every year. I mean, you know, we're just like, dude, just get us there like every eight years, and we're, just, we're cooling, bro. Like, that's really yeah. what it is. So, um, and I mean, after 2013, I believe everyone believed that this year was the kind of the year where that cycle came around again, where we were supposed to go to the Nash championship or, you know, stuff like that. But, um, mm-hmm. that, that's really, it. we'll see how, how it works. Um, honestly, uh, like I said, please, please, please donate to the GoFundMe. Um, I mean, this, this is a national crisis at the moment. Um, this, this is a serious problem, but, um, Besides the point, we're going to move on to our mid-segment of the podcast where we just recently solved another mid-crisis in the college football world. Um, Willie Taggart is now fired. I'd phrase that wrong. It has been fired um, from Florida State. He's no longer the coach there. Um, what was his career record? 9-12 and 12 at Florida State. Uh, that's terrible. I don't even think – I mean, uh, take, take him out of USF. He does not have a winning record uh, from Oregon and Florida State. I don't remember the stat, but he's, yeah, he went like he went like seven and six or something, and at Oregon, and it was just uh, it, it's, it's, I don't even know. I can't even put it into words. But go ahead. I, I know Florida fans, Miami fans are pissed just because like everyone thought oh. he was able to kill. You know, dude. Miami. He he had a he had a great he had a dynasty there, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's just me. I might be biased. Hey, well, I mean, he he honestly probably helped liquor stores over there. You know what I mean? Like, they a lot of Florida State fans probably had to buy a lot of liquor to like. You know, well, they weren't even going to the, they 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 weren't even going to the games anymore. So they had they spent a lot of time at the liquor store. Yeah, I mean, um, but besides the liquor store, you know, um, liquor's bad for you. You know, you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Anyway, um, moving on from that, uh, who are the next? Uh, give give three names that you would really see Florida State potentially hiring as their next coach. Okay, so the, I feel like a good hire for like a rebuilding guy, but I feel like these Florida State fans are very impatient. Would be very impatient with is Mark Stoops from Kentucky. Um, uh, two others that I'll name are Mike Norvell and Lane Kiffin. Um, sure, I, I think Mike Norvell is the best hire out of the three. I think Lane Kiffin is a, a, also a good hire. But um, Mark Stoops, in my opinion, might be like the best hire to bring a team back from the depths of hell like he did with Kentucky. Because, I mean, last year, it's taken Stoops' time a lot of time for him to get Kentucky uh, back to where they really wanted to be. And, I mean, last year they went, what, 10-2 and and went to the Citrus Bowl against Penn State and won that against a very talented Penn State team. And, I mean, he might not be the best coach for this job, but I feel like he's, he's done a very good job at Kentucky of rebuilding a program, and I give him a lot of credit for that. And... 
because like they've been able to compete with the Floridas and even the Georgias at times, uh, even though they're not they're not recruiting at the highest level that they would want to be. But they're con- I mean, Kentucky's very content with Mark Stoops, and I feel like he'd totally go to Florida State. I mean, he was the uh, defensive coordinator there uh, a few years back when Bobby Bowden was head coach, I believe, and uh, maybe Jimbo t- as well. But I feel like he's a- he could be a very good hire. And then Mike Norvell from Memphis, he's also a good hire. I mean, you see what he's doing at Memphis. He's recruiting at a high level. Athletes are Dude, they're just fast. Like, he's got speed on that team. And, I mean, you can't teach that. But if he's recruiting that, imagine what he can do at Florida State. And then Lane Kiffin, great great character. And I feel like he brings swagger to Florida State. And that's I, I feel like that's what they're all about. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Um, uh, a lot of our coaching candidates are the same. You know, I believe Mark Mike Norvell is the best hire, and I believe the second best hire would be Josh Heupel from UCF. Uh, do I think Josh Heupel would leave UCF for Florida State? No, I don't. Uh, I think you'd kind of have to be an idiot to do that. Um, that's kind of right in your death will. I don't know. Personally, you'd have to pay me, like, a lot of money. Um, you know what? But before we get into that, I need to give a huge shout-out to Willie Tiger, though, for just being able to rob Florida State of that much money. I mean, literally, like, this man needs to be arrested and put in a jail. Because he just robbed them of that much money. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, like well, they're that. idiots for signing such a big contract. And I mean, yeah, he got he's getting a lot of money. But I mean, you got to feel for a guy because like he grew up he grew up rooting for Florida State, and finally he gets his dream job, and the, and then it ends like this. Like, sure, he's getting paid tens of millions of dollars to leave a school, but when it's your favorite school and like. When you put it that way, it's like, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but um, my three candidates are Mike Norvell, Josh Heupel, and Lane Kiffin. And two other possible uh, candidates are Hugh Freeze, who's at Liberty right now. Who Actually, his offense just scored 65 points um, against, I'm not, I don't know, I don't remember. But uh, that's, I don't know, that's pretty efficient for the you know, group of five level. Plus, it's Hugh Freeze. He has, you know, experience at beating Alabama. He was pretty good at that, um, which, you know, would be nice to see again. Um, but uh, Bob Steve's probably not going to happen, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, all in all, Florida State's still going to suck, um, which is nice. You know, no, I don't it's, know. It's going to be a while. Like, that's what I'm saying with Mark Stoops, because I feel like he would be totally cool with, like, sucking for a few years and just being bad. But, like, getting like slowly but surely getting better and I feel like a lot of Florida State people would be pissed off about that because it was obvious that like Willie Willie Taggart didn't have much of a future like the second he set foot on campus because he was left with a dumpster fire hashtag Jimbo Fisher is overrated but I mean because he just left a dumpster fire for Willie but I feel like Mark Soups is like one of those guys that can really bring a program like that back and it might it might take five years it might take uh a few like it it could take a while and I don't think Florida State fans would be happy with that but this is a fix that is going to take a long time and they have to understand that this program is in absolute disarray right now and they have a lot of pieces to 
put back on the puzzle because this is just a mess. Yeah, so uh, no more Willie Taggart. I think we've kind of dried people out of that. Uh, we're going to go into our week 11 games, which is the heart and soul of our podcast. And our first game is going to be number four Penn State going into Minnesota, uh, who's ranked number 17th right now. And uh, just just come out with it. Who, who do you have winning this game and why? Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some shade at Minnesota. And I think this is here. Here's why I think they lose. One of the reasons they're schmucks because they didn't want to play at night. They didn't want the primetime ABC game. Instead, this is a noon game. This has huge college football playoff implications. And this is a noon game. Unbelievable. And it's crazy to me because they advocated for college game day and now they're playing at noon. That is ridiculous. Penn State is going to beat the piss out of them strictly because of this and because Penn State is recruiting at a ridiculous level where Minnesota is getting two and three stars and maybe a a four star here and there from the Midwest. And Penn State is recruiting well from all over the country. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely with you there. I think Penn State. I I don't um, I don't see that Minnesota really has a chance to beat Penn State. I think they're going to keep it a game. Obviously, I think Minnesota has been a good team this year, but they really haven't played anybody. So uh, this will be their first challenge, and I just don't see Minnesota. I don't. I can never picture it. It's never popped into my brain that Minnesota would be able to take down the number four team in the nation, and it's not happening on Saturday. Uh, I got Penn yeah. State winning this game by 14 points, and. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think Minnesota spirals out of control the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I feel like I don't I don't think they'll spiral out of, out of control. I think they still have a very good shot at going to the Big Ten championship. And props to what PJ Fleck is doing up there, who just signed a seven year contract that with bag, them. baby. Yes, sir, he did, and that that was huge for him. But uh, for this Gophers squad, that was huge for him to keep PJ Fleck and. Um, Props to what he's doing there. I just don't think that they're good enough at the moment to beat Penn State or a top any top four team at, at for that matter. And um, I feel like it'll take a few years, uh, better recruiting, just increasing that, just getting that program to the top is just going to take a while for PJ Fleck. But he's doing that fairly quickly at, at the moment. I just don't see them winning on Saturday. So our next game is going to be the number twelve Baylor Bears going into Fort Worth to play the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs, who just beat Texas two weeks prior to this game. So um, who do you have winning this game and um, why? I mean, there's nothing really else for, to me for to ask you is why, except for why. Yeah, no, I, I get you. But um, I, I this is it. This is it for Baylor. And – TCU's Man, gonna come out on top. you're just my picks this week, aren't you? Like nah, I was t- really, I was, I was really TCU's, breaking news. Sorry to cut TC- you. Now you're good. Uh, TCU's TCU's gonna win this game, and they just lost to Oklahoma State. Uh, big big whoop. This is a this is a rivalry game right here. Baylor at TCU. The key is to pressure Charlie Brewer like a below mediocre West Virginia team did, and I mean. They were able to rattle Sam Ellinger just two weeks ago. They picked him off four times in Fort Worth. Not exactly a hostile environment, but I just feel like this is I feel like this is the game that Baylor kind of, they're it just falls off for him. And I 
I'd love to see Baylor keep winning and like make a run at the college football playoff. I just don't see it happening, especially coming off of that loss from West Virginia, or not the loss from West Virginia, but the close one against West Virginia um, and going to TCU for a game that is like a very low key rivalry, but it's just enough that I think TCU will rise to the occasion. Their defense will play, uh, they'll, they'll play exactly where they need, play exactly how they need to, excuse me, um, to get this win. And I, I feel like this is a 27-23 victory for TCU. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Um, I got TCU winning this ball game. Just I think this is where uh, Baylor's kind of luck and good karma is kind of catching up to them. Um, they've kind of squeaked out wins like the one that they had last week, and I think it's just catching up to them, this team. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to perform very well at the, at the end of their schedule. And uh, they kind of remind me of Miami from two years ago where, you know, everyone was just expecting them to lose, but they just kept finding ways to win until, the, you know, they played a team that um, was just capable of really not taking, you know, punches. You know, they could take punches and keep going. And um, like, you know, that pit team that Miami lost to, that, that's kind of exactly how I see this. I see TCU as this pit team and Baylor as this Miami team. And eventually this it's just going to wear down on them. This games you should have lost is going to keep up or catch up to them. So um, I definitely have TCU winning this game. And um, I got them winning by about 10 points. So going to our next game, we have number 16, Kansas State, playing the Texas Longhorns. And I was going to come out and say it. I got Kansas State winning this game. Um, I just don't believe Texas is um, capable of um, reciprocating what they were able to do at the beginning of the year, you know, especially against LSU, because that was a different Texas team. It was their first game to now. So this Kansas State team is playing phenomenal, and I believe they're going to keep winning and um, make a case for themselves to be in a good bowl game this year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd love to disagree with you here, but, like, Texas has just fallen off, and big. it's just bad. Their defense is allowing – uh, 465 yards per game, and Skylar Thompson is just going to tear him up. He's not exactly the best passer in the game, but running the ball, he's ridiculous. And, I mean, Kansas State was able to slow down uh, Jalen Hurts, so why can't they just slow down Sam Ellinger? So I have Kansas State 41-31. to 31. Uh, I think they'll force enough turnovers, for, or force a couple turnovers here and there just to just – to, solidify their win and they'll keep it rolling and possibly get to go to Dallas for the um, Big 12 championship and maybe get to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Um, like I stated before, Kansas State is going to win this ball game, and um, I, I'm glad we're both on the on the same page for this one. So um, I think this is kind of um, – I think Sam Ellinger is going to go to the draft after this year. Um, so I think this is kind of going to be the start of Texas going back to eight and four. So um, just a little. Well, this will be the, this will be their fourth loss, and they still have Baylor left, and I believe Texas Tech after this, or and maybe another, maybe someone else. I forget who though. So moving on to our next game, we have number eighteen Iowa playing at Wisconsin, and um, I've got Wisconsin winning this game simply because. Um, Wisconsin, Iowa, the same type of teams, except Wisconsin's defense is just a bit better and their running game is a lot better. So, um, I think this game's going to be somewhere along the lines of like 21 to like 10, maybe 21 to like 13. Um, but I definitely have Wisconsin win this game one or this game. And, um, 
I don't really see any way that Iowa could win this ball game, except if Wisconsin comes out and plays how they did in the fourth quarter of the Ohio State game. Yeah, I mean, I if Iowa was playing at home, I think Iowa wins this game, and that's just because both environments are very good, and it's a night game in Madison, and I just that just that just is the big the big one for me and the fact that Wisconsin has a guy like Jonathan Taylor where Iowa doesn't have any guys who are the big x factors and Jonathan Taylor is that x factor that's going to change this game he'll probably have a b- pretty good day or at least just good enough because both defenses are very strong um Iowa is letting up just 10.1 points per game while Wisconsin's letting up 11.4 points per game and this is gonna be very low scoring. I got Wisconsin winning seventeen to thirteen. Um, I just don't see this being a very high scoring game. But I feel like Jonathan Car- or Jonathan Taylor is gonna get enough carries to the point where he'll pro- he'll break a hundred break a hundred yards and get probably a touchdown or two. And that'll just he'll just be the X factor in this game. And I just don't see Iowa getting out on top considering that. No one is that is a guy. They don't have a guy like Jonathan Taylor on their offense. So for our next game before the big game is Iowa State at Oklahoma in Norman. And um, I've got Oklahoma winning this game. I think they're going to be able to rebound well after the Kansas State loss. And um, I think personally, I think Oklahoma is going to win out and um, possibly get into the playoff, And uh, which I'd like to see. Uh, you know, possibly there's a chance that that won't happen if uh, you know if things play out that the way they should. Um, but if they uh, don't, um, excuse me, I lost my train of thought. If they uh, the, the the winning out starts at this game, Iowa State having to beat Iowa State, who's a good team that can knock them off just like Kansas State did. Um, Kansas State was a respectable team, so I believe that Iowa State is capable of doing that. But um, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean Matt Campbell's a really good coach for Iowa State, and he he's at, he's just a beast as a coach. But this this uh, Oklahoma school is just like this Oklahoma team right now is just out of it is gonna start playing out of its head. Sorry, um, they need they know that they have to win out and that they have to win big in a lot of games to make the playoff, and it starts here. And Brock Purdy's not playing his best ball right now. But um, Oklahoma, I, I'll take them pretty big in this one. Probably, um, probably about like thirty-five to uh, fourteen or so. I think their defense steps up after they've been criticized so heavily in these past couple of weeks, and they make Brock pretty. They force him to make some bad throws, and that'll probably be it for uh, Iowa State and their Big Twelve hopes. But Oklahoma keeps them going, and keeps it going and possibly can win out and make the playoff. Yeah, I'm with you there. And um, this moves us on to our last game, which is no big deal or anything. Uh, Number two, LSU goes into Bryant-Denny at 330, which is kind of disappointing, but um, it is what it is. Playing the number three, Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa is a game-time decision for this game. And um, who do you have for this game? And WHY. Why? Um, I got LSU by a touchdown, <clears throat> and I'd love. This is gonna be such a crazy game, and the one thing that I just that is, he two is gonna play. We all know that, 
There's no way in hell he's not playing in this game. But Joe Burrow and this offense for LSU is playing out of its head. Same, I mean, same with Alabama, though. But Alabama struggled with teams that are not that great, where LSU has played a lot of very good teams, and they've won all of them. So I feel like the gap is very small. I, I'm sh- honestly shocked that Alabama's favored in this one. And I don't think... I don't think Joe Burrow's exactly going to get rattled by the Bryant Denny Stadium by the crowd there. Um, I don't. I just don't see it happening. I think this is going to be a huge win for uh, the Tigers, and this offense uh, is just going to light it up. But the one thing that really just sticks out to me is to his injury because he he can be mobile when he has to be, and this is just going to ruin that. And if he gets pressured. He could very well get hurt in the game or he's just going to have to take sacks or throw the ball away a lot if he gets pressured because this uh, this LSU defense is going to be coming after him. And I don't think he I don't think he can run that much. And LSU's de- defense is very good. Very like th- they don't get enough credit and their secondary is very good. And there are times when their defensive front can get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And if they can do that this weekend, he is not going to be able to move very well, and LSU is going to get the win. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think about 38-31, LSU gets the victory in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Um, I don't know. What, how how upset would you be on a scale of 1-10 to 10 if LSU pulled a, the same situation that they did last year, you know, where they came into Bryant – or and, uh, Death Valley and everyone thought it was gonna be a hell of a game. They ended up losing like what was it, like th- like twenty nine. It was like tw- something. Yeah, no, and that's that. I'm so nervous for it because it's such. It's definitely a possibility. I don't think it happens, but if that happens, I'd be so pissed. Oh, I would be so mad. But I just can't see it happening. I mean, Alabama's defense is so vulnerable, and since it, ever since they have been since. Uh, Nick Saban got there, got there in Tuscaloosa, but I just I can't see LSU laying an egg at Alabama this weekend. I just cannot see that. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there, and um, I don't know. My prediction is um, LSU. I'm going to take LSU by seven points, and um, I believe it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be uh, right around. It's going to be about thirty uh, six points. Excuse me. It's going to be thirty four to twenty eight. Um, I believe LSU just makes the right plays in the second half, and uh, I think it's gonna be back and forth. And um, I just Coach O, man, I, I've I've got to give him a lot of props for what he's done to this LSU program. And um, I believe the winner of this is gonna end up playing in the national championship game. Um, and I think that the winner of this is gonna win the SEC and uh, make it all the way to the national championship and you know play Ohio State. I think it's gonna be whoever wins this game, Alabama or LSU. So whoever ends up playing in the SEC championship. Um, we'll play Ohio State in the national championship, so it could be Ohio State LSU or Ohio State Alabama, but uh, that's what I got. So, anything else for you to add to that game? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's just going to come down to who's going to make the big play, and I feel like both teams have the athletes to do so. But I just feel like an, a below eighty percent two is just not going to be able to get it done, and I feel like Joe Burrow is just going to have a day, and this is just 
both team, whoever loses, is still in the discussion for the college football playoff. But it's not it's not going to be very easy for either of those teams. And I just think LSU gets this win, and I think they just slide into the playoff from here on out. Yes, so that will be closing out our podcast. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in to a fantastic podcast for one of the most influential weeks that we've had so far this year. And um, we've got so much more to go that we're not even done yet. Uh, You know, our podcast is really kicking in. And we want to thank you guys uh, once again, you know, for getting to this point. Uh, It means a ton for all the support you guys have given us. Um, You guys keep inspiring us to keep doing this stuff. And um, we we love doing this, man. And uh, I don't know. There's nothing more I love than, you know, talking about college football. So I don't know about you. But uh, I don't know why I'd say I don't know about you. I know you love it, too. I mean, are you also doing it? I wouldn't be here if if this wasn't – man, This I just love doing this, and I know you do too. And uh, please give us a five-star review. And if you have any – if you have a question that you want on the show, absolutely uh, give us a five-star review and then give us your question. You can DM me on Instagram or Gabe on Instagram and just let us know it's for the podcast, and we will answer it in the next podcast. Oh, yeah, and don't forget to donate to – don't forget to donate to the GoFundMe. Uh, we need Gus fired immediately. Um, so we'd greatly appreciate that, guys. Um, I'm, I might, I might like spam the link on my, you know, Instagram description or whatever, Facebook. Really get it out there. I'm, I'm really trying to get that guy going. So uh, trying to help raise as much money for the athletic department as I can. Help him out. You know, that's what us Auburn fans do. We help us out. You know, in a crisis. So. Um, But, yeah, so thanks again, guys, and uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic night. Thanks.